My pleasure to be joined again by the Attorney General of the state of Connecticut. It is William Tong joining us today. Good morning, Mr. Attorney General. I got to bring this up again that, you know, with what's going on right now in the Middle East with Hamas and Israel and Palestine and so forth, there are people that feel helpless and they want to help out. What is the message you have about people being careful who they donate money or items to? Yeah, it's devastating what we're seeing in Israel and, and across the globe. And if you want to be helpful, um, you should. But just be careful when uh, you receive a solicitation, somebody asks you to give money, um, do a couple of things. Number one, don't don't respond right away and give the money on the spot. If, if they're a charity, ask for the name of the charity, ask for information, website, um, and, and look it up yourself. And if you decide that you want to give, do that on your own initiative. You take your own action to give. So so that minimizes the chance that that um, you know someone can commit a fraud against you right on the spot. The second thing is, if you're going to give a good amount of money um, and uh, you want to be sure, if you can check with the Department of Consumer Protection, DCP keeps a list of all charities that are registered here in Connecticut, you need to be registered to raise money, um, and and so so check that out as well. If you give more than fifty bucks, um, it might be worth your while to, to to do a little due diligence first. Excellent advice. And then from the medical front, a lot of people got pulse oximeters when the pandemic was in full swing to just measure what their blood oxygen level is. Most people are around 98 and the like. I just checked it the other day and it was 98 degrees, but 98 percent. But there's been an issue with some of those oximeters, especially with communities of color. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, Confusingly, curiously, these machines don't work as well on people with darker skin and can produce inaccurate results on people with darker skin. And, um, you know, I, 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 I understand that maybe some listeners will say, well, is this another sort of progressive thing? Um, and is this all about race? No, this is partly about race but it's really about how the machines work. And, and the fact is, is that they were developed, these machines were developed using technology at a time when, when test subjects were mostly white. And, and um, for some reason, it works better on, um, on, on those folks and doesn't work as well with people with darker pigmentation. So we want the FDA and healthcare providers to be careful because you know, if you get a bad reading, that can inform what you do particularly in an emergency emergency situation, and somebody may prioritize um, health care um, and, and choose to treat somebody else when, when you know, your pulse ox um, doesn't show that you have a problem when you really do. Is this for the home units, or should we also be concerned about the readings for people of color when it comes to clinical settings like hospitals or doctor's offices? Yes, definitely hospitals and doctor's offices. We're concerned about that. We want the FDA to take action. There's documented physical evidence or scientific evidence that this is an issue. So um, we really have to address it. And along the same medical line, um, here in eastern Connecticut, you had a settlement that was announced with Eastern Connecticut Hematology Oncology Associates. 
resolving allegations that the Norwich practice accepted pharmaceutical rebates that are barred under Medicaid rules. How did that happen? Yeah, so essentially a major drug distributor named Cardinal, um, which, by the way, was one of the, the, the distributors that I went after in the opioid and addiction crisis, and I made them pay a total of $26 billion uh, with other distributors. Cardinal is one of the biggest companies on earth. Cardinal was giving basically kickbacks to um, to doctors and, and, and practices to get them to sign exclusive deals with Cardinal, which is um, illegal under the Medicaid rules. And, and so um, this local practice was a part of that scheme, and they're going to pay about $77,000 to settle it. Another item that came out in the end of last month was that you've gotten into the case of 23andMe after data breach targeting users with Jewish and Chinese heritage. What's the update on that? Oh, my God. This is a, this is a scary one. Um, as, as you know, when we've talked many times about my work protecting people in the state from major data breaches and hacks, uh, and we're often in the lead on those cases nationally. 23andMe is a ancestry and genetic testing company. A lot of people are doing it these days, right, trying to figure out what their heritage, heritage is, which is um, great and to many people important in terms of, you know, understanding their uh, healthcare background and genetic background. Um, and, but the information that they collect is really sensitive and um it appears that this hack was focused on people of Asian descent, um, including East Asian, including Chinese American folks, and then also um, Ashkenazi Jewish um, people of, of Jewish background and heritage um, as a focus and target of this hack. And so we're doing everything we can to protect these folks and to try to claw back that information and, and to go after the wrongdoers. And those are two ethnic groups that have been having rough times, especially the Jewish people lately, but uh, during the pandemic, especially the uh, Asian Americans were being attacked as well. So is, does that play a role in why the 23andMe was targeted toward those ethnicities? Well, we don't know yet, but we do know that, you know, given what's happening right now with the rise of anti-Semitism, the terrorist attack in Israel, and then on top of that, um, the anti-Asian hate incidents that have happened over the last few years, including the murder of the six, seven women in, um, in, uh, um, in Georgia, um, you know, it's very concerning for these kids. You've also been going after Facebook, a.k.a. Meta. You and 42 attorneys general throughout the country are suing Meta, alleging the company's knowingly designed and deployed harmful features on Instagram and its other social media platforms, behavioral cocaine. That's how one developer described Meta's abusive practices and algorithms on its social media platforms. What can we do about this? So, Wayne, this was the big news, big news in the last month, um, as you know. And uh, when I began my press conference announcing this set of lawsuits, I challenged every reporter and every cameraman at the press conference to put their phones away and to not look at them for the duration of the press conference. And I challenged them, can you do it? You know, all of us are, in some ways, we're so tethered to our devices and our phones 
some ways we're slaves to our technology and our phones. But um, what we know is that Meta, Instagram, Facebook, and others, um, TikTok is being investigated too, but um, Meta in particular targets children and young people to get them hooked on social media. Um, they use, you know, buzzes and, and pings and alerts and that infinite scrolling. Infinite scrolling is what the developer called behavioral cocaine. It, it literally addicts you to your screen, and that's how they make money, right? They make money off people's eyeballs, and what eyeballs are more important and more precious than kids' eyeballs because they're, you know, they're vulnerable, um, they're impressionable, and if you, if you hook them onto a product, they're going to be your, your consumers for a very long time. And speaking of computers, and we also use this on our telephones as well, is Yelp, which can be a very helpful service, letting people know about businesses and what they do. But there's been some limitations of services and staffing offered by crisis pregnancy centers on Yelp. And where does that stand? So um, I've been leading uh, among attorneys general in this country on this issue there are clinics across Connecticut and across this country that set up shop, make it look like they're doctor's offices um, and abortion clinics, and they're not. They're um, anti-abortion activists who set up shop, and they act like they're doctors and nurses, and they draw you in, and then they tell you not to get an abortion. Um, now, people, um, you know, they should have the right to make their own decisions about their own bodies, but they can also choose not to have an abortion and they can choose to access information and speech about not having an abortion. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is people lying to others and deceiving others and tricking them into thinking that they're getting health care when they're not. And in fact, they're getting somebody, an activist, who's trying to convince them not to get an abortion. And what I don't want is Yelp to assist in that deception by featuring these organizations and activists on their platform when these are not legitimate businesses. And staying in eastern Connecticut, in the world of fun and games, you've led a multi-state brief supporting Supreme Court challenges to baseball's antitrust exemption. It harmed the Norwood Sea Unicorns, the residents of Dodd Stadium, and dozens of teams nationwide. What's the progress on that? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, we took an action on behalf of a number of states and my good friends in Virginia and Kansas and in other states joined us in this challenging baseball's antitrust exemption, which basically means they can't be sued for acting like a cartel and for pushing people around, including the Norwich Sea Unicorns. Um, but unfortunately... Major League Baseball settled the case by buying their way out of it. They paid some money. So that case um, is is closed for now, but we're keeping a watchful eye and making sure that, um, that we protect teams and organizations like the Norwich Sea Unicorns um, and, of course, the Hartford Yard Goats and others from abusive anti-competitive practices by Major League Baseball. How difficult is it to go after an entity as big as Major League Baseball? It's really hard. I mean, they're the only industry 
in this country that is exempt from our uh, from our nation's antitrust laws, which is crazy. And, and they did it. They got it because they're baseball. And 100 years ago, um, um, it was decided that, that, that they were exempt from the antitrust laws, and they, and they do function as a cartel. They fun, you know, they set, the, they set prices, they um, set the terms of their market, and um, they're free to, to crush and, um, and, and go after any competitors. You were very active and very outspoken last month on Drug Take Back Day, National Prescription Drug Take Back Day. But it's not like once a year people should do that. What message do you have on a day-to-day basis on how people should properly dispose of prescription drugs? So actually, there are um, uh, there are collection bins, boxes, uh, across the state, all over the state, including in your local police station. <clears throat> so you should you should look in your cabinet this holiday season, and if you have drugs that you no longer use, take them down to the police station and dispose of them. Or you can um, you can go to your local pharmacy and get a bag and dispose of them that way. But don't leave them in there. Especially don't leave opioids and heavy duty pain medication. Um, in your medicine cabinet. I think sometimes people think, and, in, in, uh, you know, I'm guilty of this counter time. Well, I'll just leave these pills in here because I may need them later. Um, a, that's not safe because they expire. And B, you know, if you have teenagers, young people, or, or somebody can break in um, and get access to these pills and ingest them, sell them, traffic them, deal them. We don't want that. So do everything you can to protect yourself and your family and get rid of unnecessary medication in your medicine cabinet. Hey, I saw you went to the UConn women's basketball opener against Dayton, and the governor was there, too. I did. We we had a burger beforehand, and uh, it was good to catch up with the governor. And I, I actually brought the deputy attorney general, Eileen Meskel, with me, whose father was governor, as you may recall. And Eileen grew up in the residence. So she was there from, like, five years old to nine years old. So it was nice got to stop by the residence, say hello to the governor, and Eileen got to see where she grew up as a little girl. Great story. Attorney General, thank you for joining me again today. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon, Wayne. William Tong, our Attorney General on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.